0: And a one, and a two, and a one, two, three. Hey, all right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Ears Up In-Depth. This is episode number two, and of course, it's a show about Disney news, but current Disney news, not like we do on the normal Ears Up podcast, and with me... I wouldn't have in any other way is my good, close, personal friend, Jeremy from Spectro Radio.
1: Jeremy, how's it going, man? I just forgot all about that theme music. <laughs> and when I heard it, I was like, oh, yes. It's I had, uh, I had uh, someone send in
0: feedback about the show, and they're like, oh, I love the show. I listened to that theme music six times. It's hilarious. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. It's Jennifer like I fast forward for you two idiots, but that music's great. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: yeah, mm-hmm. I have it on loop. And so I'll just email it to the guy, it'd be his ringtone. Anyway, we have two stories each for you guys today, and it's all current Disney stuff. And uh, again, if you missed the first episode, that's totally fine. Uh, this is a brand new show with uh, Jeremy and I. It's you know, hopefully 15, 20 minutes, maybe half an hour. Who can tell? It depends on how many opinions we have. And where we take a couple news stories from the ever current and ever fluctuating disney news cycle and just kind of go a little bit in depth in there and and really kind of dig in and, and get a little history or get a little fact behind that news article or an opinion but the point is that it's it's current it's stuff that's happening now because we're not recording the next ears up show um i think for another couple of days this news happened uh three or four days ago so by the time we record the show it's just kind of old news and we want to just really be on top of that on top of that ball so we have two stories each wrote a little uh, little thing about them but before we jump into that jeremy was just in disneyland this past
1: weekend how was that you know what was surprising to me is it wasn't that crowded. Yeah, I know. I, I thought it was going to be really bad. I didn't go anywhere near Galaxy's Edge. <laughs> so, but I think it. I think what must be happening is it's sucking up all the people, yeah. and then the rest of the park's kind of like, all right.
0: Yeah, I really hope that that's the the uh, the new norm. Um, uh, I hope yeah. they don't increase park capacity because if they. do, If they don't, then that's where everybody's going to be. They're going to be in Galaxy's Edge, even though, you know, that has a uh, I'm sure it has a capacity of its own. But people are going to be crammed in there for eight hours or whatever, doing the games and on on the stuff. So I think for the next six months or so, maybe it's going to be a pretty good time to go, which is very counter to anything anybody's ever going to say about going to Disneyland in the summertime.
1: Right. Well, it, to be fair, it was. I was there. I was in Disneyland on Saturday and DCA on Sunday. And um, I think D- Disneyland on Saturday was blocked out to pretty much most annual pass holders that are California. Oh, yeah. I, so think, I think that's yeah. helping matters. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because then I was with friends who live there. They have a pat whatever pass they have on, on Sunday, but they could only go to DCA. So this must have a SoCal pass. I think so. Like the
0: SoCal resident one. Because we have the deluxe pass, which I think is mid-tier, I guess. I don't even know okay. the, the the lower tier for that. But
1: Yeah, they were only allowed over on the other side. which was fine.
0: Yeah. Hey, man, there's a lot you can do in DCA now. Like There's uh, tons. I had a blast. There you go. You can drink an El Sully. Which I did. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, Jeremy. Hey, man, let's get into our first news
1: story. Would you like to go first? Well, sure. I'll kick it off. All right. Well, Jason, Disney fans, more <laughs> specifically, Disney World annual pass holders got a rude awakening when they woke up Tuesday morning this week and reached for their collective Twitter feeds. Ooh. Or perhaps they went to renew passes on the Disney World website because overnight the night before, Disney, in typical quiet fashion, updated their annual pass pricing for Walt Disney World the increases were shocking to many, going up by as much as twenty-five percent in some cases. <laughs> no. Really? Twenty-five
0: percent?
1: Twenty-five percent. So here Oof. the big one was it's the out of staters. So if you have like the platinum plus or the platinum pass, the platinum plus pass went from nine hundred ninety-four dollars to twelve nineteen. <laughs> That's the twenty five percent right there.
0: Is that what you have? Don't you have like a mega ultra pass?
1: So the Disney Premier passport, which is what I have it mm-hmm. goes it works on both coasts yeah. Also went up. It went from 1949 to
0: 2099. <laughs> wow. But here's bucks? the
1: thing about that. Yeah. That's on top of a $430 price increase that it took in January. So <clears throat> in January, what? that pass was $1579. 6 months later, it's $2,099. $580 <laughs> increase. That's almost a $100 a month. Wow. Wow. And I mean, it's got to be from just Star Wars land opening in, what do they say, August, I think? It opens in August. This comes uh, just six months after Disneyland did the same thing with its annual prices ahead of Galaxy's Edge opening up, Um, and now we're two months away for Hollywood Studios, so Disney's doing the same thing for its East Coast customers.
0: My lord. So what does Twitter say about this? What's Diz Twitter um, a flutter about?
1: So I read some. A lot of people obviously are just like angry, and you know, there's the whole "We're not doing it." We're that's it. Mm-hmm. We've, we've we've taken this on the chin for years. This is too far. Right. And then I saw someone who was like, "I'm so offended at all these people who are happy about the increase, saying that it's going to reduce crowds. <laughs> like, Have a little heart. Have a little heart. Yeah. This
0: plucky computer programmer from Omaha can't afford to go <laughs> anymore, <laughs> and
1: and uh, have some heart, kid. Yeah. So there, uh, there is a, it, there's a war. It wasn't just that people were angry, but then there was there was a lot of infighting on Diz Twitter because you know mm-hmm. uh, you I feel know, like some that people weren't upset about it. I think. Well, I'm not going to say anything. I don't want to make anyone mad. You no. Know,
0: I feel like that happens. I feel like there's a lot of infighting on Diz Twitter. Maybe not. It's not just. Uh, uh, for Disney Twitter only, but it's just Twitter in general. Like I've I've had people uh, reply me it, random stuff. Like, what are you even talking about, dude? The, pl- uh, Twitter is a microphone. It's not
1: a two way conversation, <laughs> oh, right? And it's uh, uh, this two hundred. What is it? Two hundred forty characters or something, something like, like that. You know. can't have a a reasoned argument debate over anything.
0: No, dude. Twitter is for is for memes and yeah. um, you know, and I don't know weird questions it's not for like meaningful debate well why do you think this is funny but bro i don't know call me here
1: here's my phone number call me i'll talk to you about it (laughs) yeah i thought it was weird that you had your phone number in your twitter profile
0: that's just that's all that's everything i've tweeted every uh, the only thing i tweet (laughs) is just my phone number daily (laughs) for the past five years yeah does anyone call
1: No. no
0: no no that's too bad yeah i know it's
1: reverse charges well, but that's not the only increase. Okay. Disney guests can expect Okay. on the same day as the annual pass price increases wanted to affect Disney World announced an increase in overnight parking fees at its on-property resorts wow. in Florida. Wow. They're really giving it to you guys. I mean, it's like everywhere you turn. So starting last week on June 18th, to park your car at a value resort will cost you $15 a night up from 13. Moderate resorts will have to shell out an additional dollar going to 20 from 19, and deluxe resort guests will now pay 25 up from 24. Disney Mm -hmm. Vacation Club members will continue to enjoy free parking at DVC Deluxe Villas or when they use their points at a Disney World Resort hotel. So,
0: you can use your your points to pay for parking?
1: Well, you can use your points to stay at a hotel, uh, at a hotel, but, and if you are doing that, they do. Don't charge you the parking. Okay,
0: you know we looked at the Disney Vacation Club, and I don't think it's worth it. No, I think it's kind of a waste of money.
1: I well, especially for you guys, like you're there enough. Yeah, but that- like,
0: like, so I know you can like pick your your ho- your main hotel, and then you can kind of just stay wherever. Um, so we were looking at like Disney World as a main hotel, but really just spending the points in Hawaii. Um, right. Huh? Just to make us go to Hawaii more because we like Hawaii. But I don't know. These are all like upper middle class problems, I suppose. I, I don't know. It's It didn't really seem like the right fit for us. And part of the reason I've ranted on the show against annual passes is because it locks you in to vacation at Disneyland. Well, the Disneyland Vacation Club is like an ankle monitor. <laughs> it's just, you can't, you can't leave. So, it, you know, I, it, I would like to do other stuff. I guess than, than explore what uh, Bob Iger has in store for me.
1: Well, we always say in Florida that we are literally shackled to that place because they, we have the Magic Bands. Like I'm literally shackled to that. <laughs> that.
0: <laughs> I mean, I guess they do have an ankle monitor on you. That's for sure. <laughs> Well, that's disappointing, man. I don't, I don't like it when uh, prices raise. I, I understand it. I get it. But it still doesn't feel good.
1: Well, it's, uh, and it's day and night. So while you're in the parks, you're paying more for your pass and you're paying overnight while your car is sitting there resting. But that's not the only increase that really? came out. Wow.
0: Hit me with it. Let's go.
1: The day after all those price increases were announced, Disney World was back at it, announcing an increased cost for the Disney dining plan. Just
0: back at it again. <laughs> like, what else?
1: The quick service dining plan for adults will increase to $55 a day, up from $52.50. 50. Standard dining plan, which is one table service meal, one quick service meal, two snacks, and a refillable mug, will increase to $78 per day for adults. Um, no, sorry, it's $78 and 1 cent.
0: Oh, I got to get that penny in there. Is that <laughs> is that worth it do you think? When Taryn oh. and I went to Disney World, we we didn't do the dining plan cuz it just seemed too confusing. Like you just said, like a quick service meal and a thing like I'm not trying to look at the map to see where I'm allowed to eat. I don't I don't know. I didn't want to do that.
1: I um I've done it years ago. I don't do it anymore because I don't think it's a good value. Yeah. Um, you know, if you do the if you did the deluxe, which is three table service meals a day, it's $116 a day. Well, I don't eat $116 worth of food every single day.
0: No, I don't. No. You know? Uh, Not at all.
1: It's three squares a day. So it's like breakfast. And if you have a if it's not a buffet, it comes with a dessert. So you have dessert after lunch. I'm like, I don't know that you're necessarily <laughs> supposed to have dessert a with every meal with your
0: salad. Yeah,
1: <laughs> right. Like, that and so I, a I remember just thinking, like, I can't get any more of this food down. I'm, I'm <laughs> s- dying. <laughs> so I, uh, I'm not a very big fan of the dining club uh, mm. dining plan, but I think for some people, maybe maybe it works out but that's that price is per day by the way like 116 dollars a day i would say that's
0: a lot man
1: just set that money aside and put it on a disney gift card and then worst case scenario you don't spend it all and you because and you and you have Mm -hmm. a little extra money to buy a souvenir whereas here if you don't if you don't eat that carrot cake every single day (laughs) you you are losing money
0: (laughs) that's a good point that's a good yeah. point. Any other
1: any other price increases that we should that As far as I know, those are the big ones. That's okay. my price increase story for today.
0: Uh, okay. All right. Well, I got a good story for you. Let's go back to the other coast here and go to Disneyland. All right. All right. So the thing about sometimes Disney changes stuff rather slowly and sometimes it changes rather fast. So... This is one on the fast side. And the time it took to plan the show, for example, uh, this story is already out of date, but it's pretty cool. So I'm going to talk about it anyway. Uh, you got people who, who go to Disneyland all the time or, you know, maybe even just really up on your, your Disneyland lore. Uh, the Main Street Cinema in Disneyland is one of those heirloom attractions that most hardcore Disney fans sort of walk by I know I do it all the time you just kind of walk fast and because you're trying to get to the next ride you're trying to get to Indiana Jones or the Instagrammable wall um, and you know for those of you who've never been in the Main Street Cinema it's very very air-conditioned it's very nice it's very dark so it's a great way to beat the heat and they also play what is it like five or six of the, the original Mickey Mouse cartoons Right on these screens, kind of over and over again. But once you've seen him four or five times, it's hard to justify swinging in for, uh, you know, for a rest. Sometimes you just kind of just power through. Well, I, I could. It's, it's hot. I could go in there, but you know what? I'm just. Let's just go back to the hotel. Let's just whatever. Right. Right. Um, so we've talked about it, you know, a few times on the show, and it's 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 an empty place to go. Nobody's really ever in there. Well, apparently. Disneyland was getting tired of that particular piece of Disney history standing vacant, so they had a great idea. It's a great idea, Jeremy. They put kiosks in there and a little um cash register, and they were selling merchandise, okay, but not Do
1: you really think that's a great idea
0: oh, it's a fantastic no uh but it's not just any merchandise right or you know it's not it's not special merchandise, it's not anything it's literally stuff that you can buy at other stores. it wasn't. Uh, merch focusing on the cinema's history, or Mickey's exploits in his early films. It's pretty much just everywhere you went in the Disneyland resort. So needless to say, the online Disney community, and I imagine Diz Twitter, your Diz Twitter fans, were kind of pissed off. They they turned this classic attraction into a backdrop to sell sweaters. And apparently, uh, I saw a photo they even had cast members outside waving people in to let them know that there's something new in the thing and you can buy the spirit sweater for 4th of July in the cinema where uh, this is all brand new. Uh, But apparently people were so upset that it didn't really last very long. And at the end of the week, the store was pulled and benches were put in its place. So now here's an attraction where nobody goes into anyways. Now you can go and, and, and sit in a place that nobody goes <laughs> to anyway which <clears throat> i guess uh sitting is better than buying sparkly headbands while mickey flies an airplane through a barn or whatever it is but uh it just seemed uh i don't know man it seemed really weird and and normally that would be something I would get super bent out of shape about, right? It's like if they were selling merch in the Tiki Room or whatever. But oh, yeah. I, I, I do kind of get it. You know, While the store was a bit ham-fisted on Disney's part, the lack of people in that attraction is very obvious to them, clearly. And they would rather find ways of dragging guests into it than just gut the whole thing and make it some piece of Disneyland you know, history. But maybe like a meet-and-greet? Would have been better, or stop running the cartoons, right? Like four times a day, and you can meet old fashioned Mickey or or Pete or somebody. But why merch? I don't know. It just seemed like a really weird thing to do, but I'm glad they pulled it. So Here's hopefully, an idea. yeah,
1: change the movies, rotate <laughs> things in, put in You yeah, know, there's little Disney, Disney Channel specials on like you know, the making of the Main Street Electrical Parade, put that up there. People That's a great go idea. In. Oh, or sure. old cartoons. There's tons of old Disney cartoons. Like, it doesn't have to be the same five. Like, you know you what? You, it- you could do, you yeah, you
0: could do old Donald Duck cartoons. You can do like takeovers or what do they call them? Pop ups now. That's what Instagram calls everything. Uh, yeah. Just, you can do a Donald Duck pop up. He takes the over the Main Street Cinema for three months. And then you do Goofy. And you, that's a great, that's a great idea. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be the same four or five cartoons with the same thing over and over. Again. It's cool. But if you see them a couple of times, it's not just like a ride where at least, you know, yes, you go on the same ride over and over again. That's what we all do. We all do that when we go to Disney. We do with the same stuff. But there's something different about watching something on repeat than experiencing it on repeat, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, you could even do seasonal ones. I mean, there's like you could do Halloween movies at Halloween time. Ooh, the silly symphonies would be good. The silly symphonies. There's tons of old archive stuff. I'm sure there's stuff that we've never even seen before that they could debut in there and get feet in there.
0: Oh,
1: I like Um, that. But you know, it's like that's not going to make revenue. No. You know, they look at. I think they look at putting merchandise in there as like a dollars per square foot kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I I guess I I just I don't know why they would think that merchandise would get people in the the in in there, and I mean maybe it worked, maybe it got people in there, but I wonder how much they actually spent. Like this photo I'm looking at right now, there's two cast members standing out in front of the <laughs> in front of the Main Street Cinema. It's like you you got to pay them to be doing something. So how much revenue are you really generating with these people with this one giant glove waving at everybody?
1: Well, they don't pay their people very much, so it doesn't take a lot to sell to uh, offset true.
0: that. That's true. Although I will say they were selling a, a fanny pack done up for Fourth of July, and and you know <laughs> that kind of hits me right in the.
1: I was going to say, is that right. scratching you where yeah, you itch?
0: Yes, it does. As a matter yeah, I am looking at this thing now, and and, and you know they have uh, for those of you who have been inside, it's it's a you know platform in the center, right, and it's a theater in the round, I suppose, but opposite, I guess, and and uh, in, right in front of one of the screens. There's a display of long sleeve shirts, which, first of all, it is June in Southern California. You don't need long sleeve shirts, but that's fine. And then next to it, it's like mugs and stuff. So if you even want to stand and watch the screen, you're just looking at merch at the bottom of it. It it just it doesn't seem very smart.
1: Well, I do want to say one thing on your weather comment. I just was there for an entire week in Southern California, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, guys, why is it cold here? And they're like, it's June gloom. <laughs>
0: is that how everybody sounds? Or your they friends go, in LA
1: sound? The Californians are like, you can't come here in May Gray or June gloom. May like, Gray? That's what they call us. May oh, Gray and June Lord. gloom. So I guess it'll get nice next month. Okay, well, good. Um, But you touched on something that I think is actually... An, an important point because if I didn't want to buy that shirt across the street in the Emporium, why do I want to buy it <laughs> over here?
0: Like, right.
1: The merchandise – this is a problem I have with merchandise in general is it's like I go in all these stores. It's the same thing everywhere. I mean they had figment stuff at the Wonderground Gallery last week. I'm like, well, shouldn't this just be at Epcot?
0: <laughs> well, I'm I'm okay with um, the coast to coast trading stuff because if you're never gonna go to Disney World, but you're a fan of Figment, then you know you can at least cop some some merch. But uh, th- I and I don't remember if they used to do this or maybe I'm just totally making this up. But I I, I thought that merch used to sort of be like land to land, right? Right? It was in different parts of <clears throat> and, and maybe they do some of that, like I said. But it it does seem like it just sort of spills into other shops so like we love going I personally love going through the shops on main street I don't know why maybe it's the 85 year old man in me but I love strolling around window shopping and then I I do actual shopping but it seems like a lot of the merch is kind of just the same and you go downtown Disney and they have different stuff but it's still there's a lot of the same and I I don't even know really my my point I guess it, it doesn't seem as I don't know
1: Cool. it doesn't a differentiate from place to place no
0: it really doesn't and all yeah. of the merch isn't very good anyway right but that's just me a lot of people like it obviously i'm not the only one to buy stuff so what do i know
1: well what uh, one final comment from my side on this is i yeah. i always think whenever they do stupid stuff like this is like at the end of phantasmic i don't know if you ever if you remember seeing it or not but it's mickey mouse goes some imagination huh <laughs> yeah, <I've laughs> and heard it. it's like That's – some imagination, huh? You put merchandise (laughs) – you duplicated merchandise from the other side of the street and put it in here and thought that that was going to solve your problem.
0: But then why benches also? Like the the problem wasn't people didn't go in because they didn't – they couldn't sit down. I mean I I will say that I've been in there where there people have been sitting on the ground, but – it just seems like we've we've gone, what, 90 years or whatever the math is without benches in there. We're fine. <laughs> That's not mm-hmm. the problem with the Main
1: Street Cinema. The problem is it's boring. I mean, it's cool, right. but it's boring. Yeah. we got to change it up, I think, is the verdict on that. Agreed. Well, as we said, I was in Disneyland last week enjoying myself. And I don't know if you remember, but in one of the Ears Up year-end review shows that I make you do. Uh-oh. I listed my superlative most underrated Disney attraction as something called Mickey's PhilharMagic.
0: Oh, of course. How could I forget?
1: You would never forget that. I would never do that to you. It's a show that has been running in Fantasyland in the Magic Kingdom since 2003. And it's also now at Tokyo Disney Resort and Hong Kong Disneyland. And I mentioned when I was telling you that that it's the one attraction that when I am in Disneyland that I actually miss from Florida and wish was there. Well, You can imagine my elation when I found out that recently PhilharMagic opened in Disney California Adventure just over a month ago. And this is part of the park's strategy to increase guest interest in California Adventure as a counterbalance to the expected throngs of guests in Disneyland checking out Galaxy's Edge. Mm. Now, as an aside, PhilharMagic was also just recently added to Disneyland Paris this year as well. Um, so naturally, last week, I went in to check it out. Uh, it was a priority for me.
0: <laughs> of course.
1: I had to see if it lived up to the, yeah. ver- the version I know. And? Um, no, it does not. But no?
0: <sighs> I'm shocked. I'm shocked so the, by this.
1: The issue with it is that um, in Florida, it's like a 180 degree single screen with no breaks. So you're really engulfed in the film. Um, and here they put it in the old, it's where Muppet Vision 3D was.
0: Oh, too soon, by the
1: way. Yeah. I know. Um, so it's a square, you know, you're watching it on a normal size movie screen or yeah. for, for that, for, uh, Muppet Vision 3D. And then they put like panels of screens that are separated along the sides to kind of immerse you a bit more. But it's it's a little awkward. Okay. All right. Um, but the thing that blew me away that I think kills Florida is the visuals are so crystal clear. Huh. Um, I was taken aback. I, I remember saying to my friend next to me twice, I was like, um, this is ridiculous. Like I can see everything because um, that one thing is that one in Florida, even though it's really big, it's, it's kind of fuzzy. Like it debuted back in 2003 It's always been kind of fuzzy. And then on top of it, you're looking at it through these banged up 3D glasses that 40 people have also worn before you. Right. Before before you. Before you. Well, it seems Disney World's version might be getting an upgrade to match the newly installed version at California Adventure and Paris. Yeah, a website reported this week that Disney filed a permit with Orange County that describes termination and in installation of AV and show control systems for an attraction in that area at Fantasyland where PhilharMagic resides. Hmm. Um, and the attraction has been expected to be shutting down this fall anyway for a major refurbishment. Um, it hasn't seen one since 2014, and it's getting a little sad in there. Um, <laughs> so this permit filing seems to indicate that the upgrade will... Uh, also improve the clarity of the screen to match what's been going into the other parks around the world, which I think would be good news. So, uh, an upgrade coming for Philhar Magic, anyway.
0: There we go. Good old Phil. It's weird that you have to file a permit to do AV equipment, like audiovisual stuff, right? I don't know. Just doesn't it seem like you could just strike it and hang whatever you want?
1: I think it involves construction. Oh. You know, I think that mm-hmm. if you're going to go from like an analog projection screen to something digital, you're you're doing work. Mm.
0: So I guess Muppets so I think, aren't coming back.
1: I mean, I think that they could because in in California, they really just they're just projecting a new show onto that screen. Oh, hmm. so I think it could happen.
0: Well, you know like how I te- well. like how I turned your story into my story about missing yeah. the Muppets.
1: Yeah. <laughs> is, that your, is that your last story? Miss J- Jason misses That's the Mar- right. <laughs>
0: That's it. Yeah. I just wanted to weave that in there. So my next story involves Disneyland, which is strange, I know. Um, and it also involves rumors, which you know how much we love rumors on the site. But it's not really, I guess, rumors so much as myth or the 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 woven tapestry that is the background of disneyland everybody who is a giant disneyland fan is very interested in how disneyland came to be and and the construction problems that preceded it and and you know walt's vision of turning this this these orange groves into what we know today as as disneyland and of course lamenting any changes to his original vision um you know, I'm sure there's some people who want to bring back the giant mound of dirt in the center of, <laughs> of uh, Fantasyland <laughs> or whatever. But, you know, that's, uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, Disneyland rumors started pretty much as soon as the park opened, right? I think we can both agree on that. It was never going to work. They said it was a disaster. What about, again, the giant mound of dirt? And why are my wife's heels stink- sinking into the asphalt? <laughs> we aren't big fans of rumors on the show but what is sort of rumor adjacent like i was saying and sometimes fun to argue about i will i will say that is the origin of certain landmarks and additions in disneyland stuff that you can't ever really prove because notes weren't kept uh, the day the change was made or the people responsible have moved into the haunted mansion if you will oh yes uh, perhaps one of the more popular of these is the famous wall of test bricks "Quote unquote," located to the side of the locker rentals there on main street right by the hotel marceline when you go down um it's where like the flower shop i, I guess used to be by the uh by the starbucks now which i hate saying that it's called center street i didn't know that
1: yeah, you know what? I've never seen it, or maybe I've seen it but didn't know what I was looking at. I have not taken the time to go back <laughs> there and look at this test wall.
0: It's it's one of the—that area is kind of one of my favorite parts because they have a lot of sort of audio plays happening. So there's a Hotel Marceline, and then there's like a dentist office or whatever, and they have little audio things of like someone getting their teeth drilled, and it's, it's just it's kind of a fun little place to to hang out. So I definitely rec- recommend going there. But if you've never seen the wall, like, like you, Jeremy, it's a fake— brick wall with a drinking fountain in the center. That's kind of all the, that there is. Um, the bricks are are fake. It's like plaster. You can knock on them and they're sort of hollow. Um, the bricks on the left side of the drinking fountain, right, are all uniform and nice and neat. And the ones on the right are not. They're lopsided and they're sort of rough right after the drinking fountain. Leaving somebody, whoever it was, to create the theory that these bricks were commissioned by Walt to be in various sizes and roughnesses, if that's a word, to let Mm -hmm. him see different options to then be put into production through the park. So that's Walt's test wall. He said, hey, make a bunch of bricks and we'll just see which one looks better.
1: They needed to do that in the park? like. It seems like an odd place to do that if that's if that's really what they were going to do.
0: I, I agree. It's a cute story, but I don't yeah. really think it's very accurate. Number one, like you just said, why would they create these fake bricks into an existing wall in the park? Walt knew that wall would be in public view, and everything was planned pretty well in advance. I'm not saying that there were mistakes or, or changes made on the fly, but for the most part, blueprints were done. There was a wall there. <laughs> so, uh, for him just to start testing out different brick shapes at that point would have been pretty crazy. I mean, Walt,
1: Walt was nutty, but I don't think he was crazy. He was also well, he a sh- also, he yes. knows how to make movie sets. He knows how to make bricks of all sorts, shapes and sizes. He's yes. an expert at making these things. He didn't need to test it out now in his life. Exactly. He was also a showman.
0: And manufacturing something to test in the public view is not on show, as they say in Disneyland. He just he would have them do it backstage the way that uh, they did the hieroglyphics for Indy. We've talked about that, I think, a couple years ago where backstage you can see them do like they left these test hieroglyphics on the back of a show building or whatever to see how it, it looked. It's That's that's what they did. They don't test anything in the front. And so right. that's basically the, the first step. Number two. The fake bricks look awful. They look terrible, especially next to the clean lines of the of the leading fake bricks, not to mention the rest of Main Street. You should you should Google it. It it look. I mean, it's it looks funny. It really does. They're kind of like warped and swollen and wonky. Mm-hmm. And people are like, oh, these are test bricks. And, and every time, and I remember after hearing that that myth, going to Disneyland and seeing these bricks and be like, and I, wa- I walked up to him and I kind of knocked on them, And I was like, there's no way. No, there's literally no way that these were commissioned by Walter <laughs> to be <laughs> funky like this. It just, it, it I don't know. Um, anyway... Uh, the point of the story. There's another theory that recently came out, and and this one caught my attention more so than any uh, some of the other ones that I've heard because of the definitive attitude of the author that he has solved this issue. Jim mm-hmm. Denny. He's an author of a load of books on Disney. Something I, I think on his bio it was like a hundred or whatever. Like a, I think
1: I'm reading his book right now. Oh man, Did you write
0: the- it's timely.
1: Um.
0: He recently wrote an opinion piece for a website claiming to have, air quote, solved this mystery, despite having zero hard evidence. And that always bothers me for some reason. I don't know why. It's all based on conjecture, and his explanation is the following. Liberty Street, which is Walt's homage to 1776 Philadelphia, was meant to be constructed sort of behind Main Street with an entrance next to the Mad Hatter on Main, and then the other entrance next to the Locker's, right where our mystery wall is currently located. Jim's theory here is that the brickwork has two reasons for looking the way it does. One is that the whole pattern of the small brick, large brick, small brick, right? Like a like a sandwich, right? Yeah. Uh that's the pattern in the wonky brickwork. It's reflective of the type of work done in 1700s colonial East Coast, Philly, right? Uh, and number two, the bricks are distorted on purpose because that is how bricks were back then. The bricks served as a transition on that wall. So they look wobbly as you progress from left to right on purpose in order to lead you into Liberty Street, sort of like the way that he tra- that Walt transitions you from, like, uh, the Main Street concrete. He uses as an example uh, Main Street concrete into, like, Adventureland. The textures are different. So right. his his assertion is um, on this wall after the drinking fountain, it starts getting wobbly bricks because that was going to lead you in to Liberty Street. So it seems plausible. It seems plausible. So to back that up, he posted a photo of a plaque hung on a brick building from, from that era uh, that's like a, a plaque, Paul Revere or whatever, um, on, I, I would imagine it's from Philly. I don't really know. I didn't read it, uh, but I was looking at the bricks. And the bricks are, they show the same pattern. So you have, you know, large bricks and then underneath the smaller bricks and then underneath larger bricks. But the bricks that aren't, they aren't really fully squared, right? Because they're rounded. They're a little bit... They're a little bit off. These they are, look
1: a little rough. They don't look like they were machine made. They were handmade yes. almost.
0: Well, I see. Okay. I'll, I'll, here's here's the, the problem with those bricks. If, if you go, if you just look up old bricks, I, I don't even know how to explain it. Um, <laughs> these are 300 year old bricks, but they've right. been beaten by the rain and the wind. So the corners are a little rounded or whatever. But if you look at old brickwork and then you look at um, the, the, the test wall, that we're talking about, they don't look mm-hmm. the same. The, the, these bricks don't look like this. It, it, anyway, so those are the reasons that Jim calls this myth solved, right? He's saying it led you into Liberty Street because Walt was a showman and it was a transitional wall, and that's it. <clears throat> right. But I mean, here's my issue with that. First of all, nothing is totally solved unless you talk with a guy who made the wall. That's it. That's the only way. So there's a lot of hubris involved in this statement that he solved the thing and we can all move on. Thank you very much second i think he's incorrect uh, oh it, yes in the article jim posts a really great photo and it is it is a cool photo of our famous brick wall and we're, we're talking about standing pre right on main street as main street is being built there's no there's no sidewalk yet right The uh, the um uh train station is still being constructed like it still has a wood facade right the crystal arcade is kind of up in that like show building or whatever so that's up and it's just to the left of that standing sort of against where the curb is the curb is has been laid out but it hasn't been you know um uh covered i guess or, or or the concrete hasn't been poured on it but it's it's laid out like right there right So it's hard to tell, and it's test wall, like if you look at the wall online, it has, you know, where the drinking fountain is, there's a a hole cut out for it, and and on the right side, there's some white kind of uh, masonry work to it, Mm -hmm. and in the photo, it's that specific wall, or one like it, I don't know that it's necessarily that specific wall, but it's, that's our wall, it's right there, but it's hard to tell if the bricks are wobbly from the photo, as it's low-res and a bit blurry. But as far as I can tell, they are not wobbly. They're straight. So they oh. might have that, that small brick, large brick, small brick sandwich kind of pattern, but it doesn't look as wobbly and warped as it does in the current photos. So what I think the photo is, really, is that is the wall is not really a wall waiting to be installed. It's what they call a reference model. So if you remember, excuse me, when when they're when they're building Disneyland, they're not just building normal sized buildings, not building a strip mall, right? These are buildings are smaller. Things were funky, forced perspective, all that kind of stuff. So if you have windows and a and a brick at a scale, it throws your whole illusion off. Right. So the reference model thing is is common practice even today. You build a reference model in in, you know, at, at Imagineering in the model shop and then they bring it on site of the actual construction so the engineers can see what the end product is supposed to look like so the artist on hand can carve things properly. They did this with the rock work in Cars Land, with the walls of the castle when they were painting it. It's very common and something that would have been done even back when Disneyland was being built because the model shop determines the colors and the shapes of all that kind of stuff. Then they bring it to the site, and then, the, like I said, the artist actually making the stuff, or painting everything, they have a reference point. And let's just assume that's it, because why not? Like I said, we can't tell for sure if we unless we talk to the actual guy who made the wall. But if you look at that photo, the wall is clearly in the sun, and you can see in that photo, I think it's the the, the plaster or whatever the bricks are actually made of, I, I, I would guess either warped in the sun or got wet Okay. at night, maybe, because they left it there, they're trying to do some stuff. And uh, to me, honestly... I think it looks more like water damage than anything else. The way the pattern of the of the wobble kind of starts at the at the top in sort of a narrow pattern and then sort of uh, triangle's out a little bit. You know what I mean? Got it. And then it just kind of st- stops like at the bottom, but it doesn't run it doesn't run from one end all the way to the other end of the of the wall if if you get my meaning it's it's definitely a triangle so if you imagine a rectangle and you cut it in half and the left half is normal bricks and the right half are all these wobble bricks you would you would assume that that whole entire half would be the exact same wobble right but it's not it ends if you imagine a triangle in that square mm-hmm. the the stuff to the right of the triangle it's not wobbly so it really hmm. does look like a water damage has, has it, it, moisture got in from the top warped the bricks as it was coming down and and to me that's it if it was it was a, a truly purposeful effect you would assume all of those oddly shaped bricks would continue to the edge but they but they don't and that's not something that Walt would have <laughs> would have uh
1: not paid attention to you know what I mean well, I have a question. Are yeah. these even real bricks? Because no. a lot of the brickwork and stonework is made to look like individual stones and individual bricks, but it's just carved.
0: Yeah, it's plaster, dude, or whatever it is. They're definitely not bricks. They're okay. not. They're not normal bricks. But so that's my so that's my assertion, right? Is that is water damage in a reference model, and they ran out of time, and they they built it in. They go, we'll take care of it later, but we need this wall up right now. And I'll get to that a little bit later. But with Jim's uh, theory, he's assuming that Walt was trying to copy from the 1700s, uh, and and the 1700s bricks aren't crooked and swollen like these. Sure, they're they're different sizes, but they're still well made. Uh, Like I said, they have rounded edges, but that's 300 years of rain and wind. They're they're chipped down, you know what I mean? They weren't made right. that way. They weren't made wobbly. If you look at a if you look at a photo of this wall, there's no way that you would want to own a house that had a wall that looked like that. <laughs> <laughs> there's just no. Way. Plus, it, it looks bad. There's just, uh, everything else in that area, you transition wall or not, everything else looks great. You wouldn't have these funky. Oh, I had my fifth grader come in and and finish up my wall for me. Like that's the way. Anyway, um, it's less likely that our wall was built specifically to look that way and more likely that it was a scale reference object that got added into the park when they realized they were running out of time. And if you remember back the first, uh, the last few days of Disneyland, it was crazy. Uh, They were still doing construction and painting before the park opened the day of, right? right? Remember that mound of dirt we're talking about with Madhorn is now, the melting asphalt uh, yeah. some rides weren't even open, like Peter Pan, Dumbo wasn't, they weren't open weeds right. in the landscaping, right? They didn't have time to pull the weeds. So they put the, the signs of the weeds in Latin, right? To like make it look like it was part <laughs> of the thing, right? It's not a stretch to think of that fake wall that's just sitting there used as reference needed to be put up in a rush without the thought of it being replaced or with the thought of it being replaced and then just kind of forgot about. And you add some sun, some water damage, and viola, mm. instant myth generation. So in my opinion, I think this theory is much more plausible than what Jim is proposing. Even so, I'm not going to be so bold as to claim this myth is solved unless we get the guy who sculpted those bricks. We will never know 100%. But be very careful if you're going to say that something is solved. Be very careful on like how confident that you come across, if you just say, I mean, here's his, here's his actual like quote at the bottom. Uh, the mystery of the test wall is solved. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, man. It just, <laughs> it, I, well, I I think that's pretty ballsy. I don't know why.
1: Well, I have sat here and I have heard your theory. Mm-hmm. I've heard Jim's theory and I've heard the original and I believe that it is solved. Okay. And Jim Denny is correct. <laughs> you do? No, you don't.
0: Are you googling the
1: the things? Have you seen what I, I've I seen? Think,
0: I don't know. I think I'm on board with Denny. No, you're not. Stop it. Here, you yeah. know what? Here, I'm going to send you this link because maybe you haven't seen. You open that up and you look at that photo. You look at the photos that this man has published. Right, they're I'm looking right they're now. not the. It's not the same. It's it, it's it's uh it's not the same.
1: Mm, well, I like this. It seems well thought out. Well reasoned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you are a garbage man. You're a man of garbage. <laughs> Photocopyright. Yeah. Oh, okay. See what you're saying about the triangle here.
0: Yes, right. It 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 comes down yeah. in a triangle. It's not yeah. it's not complete. It's not and a complete that, transition.
1: So it's it can And that looks it, completely different from this sign with the Paul Revere. It doesn't it? And so it it, it in my mind, right? It can't be
0: a transitional wall if the brickwork that you're talking about doesn't and the wobble doesn't go all the way to the end of the of the wall. It, it well, that, that's not a transitional wall.
1: Well, so there's also, an error. What's this border on the right side, like the white brick? Um, I don't know. If you look at photos
0: of like Liberty Square or whatever you guys have out in um, in Disney World, a lot yeah. of the buildings have it on there it's just like corner piece masonry um the hall of presidents has that same exact look it has a, a similar uh brick pattern but it's not wobbly and it's not all funky and it doesn't
1: look all weird i yeah think- well also where this this wall is positioned on main street in front of the train station i withdraw my verdict yes and i think jason you are right
0: yes <laughs> thank you because you know honestly look they have actually now that i'm looking at it even even more oh boy at the bottom and i'm sorry listeners you guys just got to look it up you just got to google uh test wall on unpaved main street or whatever it is um actually maybe i'll just see if i can i'll contact the blog that it was on and i'll see if i can use it with uh with permission of course but there's a piece of what looks like brickwork leaning up against it yes so in my end there's different colors that wall is painted different colors different colors of red nothing else has painting on it it doesn't look like it Or maybe no actually it's the wall is in front of another piece of brickwork building so to me they had this test wall of this is how we're going to do the brickwork and if there's a window this is how we're going to do this certain window and this so you have like three or four different things in one reference item that you can then bring around to different locations say this is how it is so it looks like they leaning they're leaning a piece of the facade against
1: the bricks to see if it if it looks good or not well i have a new theory oh gosh because if you look at this picture i actually think that this is from the construction of euro disney because if you look over to the right of the train station, that's the Eiffel Tower. No, that's not the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> you had me too, you jerk. I was like, "What?"
0: It looks like it, though. Doesn't it? It, it kind of does. Yeah, it's a power. It's a power uh, thing or whatever. I
1: think it's what I think that's the tower that they um, mounted the stop mo- or the uh, stop motion video camera on or the, the time lapse video camera on. Oh, they put a time lapse uh, camera up for the construction of Disney. And I think that's the tower for it. It looks Um, like there's power lines, too. It does look like that. But uh, it also looks a little bit like the Eiffel Tower. And so that's why I think this is Euro Disney. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny, man. I'm going to
0: I want to try to post this photo because I swear to God, I think I'm right. I think I'm 100% correct on this. And, you know, with the whole test wall thing, I, th- I talked to a couple people who, who have experience in this, and I'm not going to say anything more. And that's, this is exactly what they do. I mean, I think even Mice Chat, uh, which is almost like saying Voldemort, um, they had photos of the test walls out in front of Cinderella's castle when they were repainting. It. So it's a oh. thing. It's a, it's, it's a thing that's happened.
1: Maybe you should have Jim Denny on the Ears Up show and have a debate.
0: <laughs> to debate him. Sir, yeah.
1: will the gentleman from Georgia
0: please re- <laughs> know, release his time, relinquish the floor?
1: Right. We yield to the gentleman from Ears Up, with the <laughs>
0: Petros. And I reclaim my time.
1: <laughs> I think
0: it would be great. I think it would be great too. So that's what I have. That's, uh, you know, I'm not going to say that I've solved it, but I'm, I think I'm going to say I think Jim's version is debunked because there's too much going against it. Yeah, it's total bunk. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: all right, man, let's get out of here. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I've had enough of this bunk.
0: That's right. That's right. All right, everybody, thanks a lot for tuning in again for episode two of Ears Up In Depth. Be sure to catch us on our normal show, which is Ears Up Podcast. I think we're recording a new one here, I want to say even this week. about Thursday. Thursday, yeah. The importance of food in Disneyland. And I think Taryn, it's Taryn's show, and I think she's going to be able to actually do it. It's going to be very Maybe. interesting if she's not. Alice is, is, is oh. dealing a little bit better with uh, sleep time and stuff like that this past week. Knock on wood. <laughs> but well, uh, good. So we might start a little bit late, but I think she's actually going to get to do a show, and it's going to be very good for her. So stay tuned for that. Uh, final, and there will be a Spectre yes.
1: Time segment.
0: Oh, that's right. Oh, I love that. This is going to be so good. It's been a little while. That's true. All right, Jeremy, thanks a lot, man. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody.